When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, on a very late edition of The Yard. We had a long day in Starkville. Uh, There's a lot of rumors and speculation that were going on about uh, this weekend's ball game. We finally got some official word at Mike Leach's press conference. We're going to talk about that some today. Got some recruiting stuff to update you on, of course, on the great top ten list. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there that got out there, and I I think it's important, as always – to kind of understand that the initial reports are usually lacking in facts. And uh, Keith Carter, old Mrs. AD, made some comments kind of in speculative in nature. And I think some people kind of ran with those, assuming those were uh, going to come to fruition. And that's not any criticism of, of Keith. I'm sure he's just sharing what he's hearing. But old Miss's game with A&M is off. And at this point, that's the only SEC game that we're aware of being off. What complicates things a little bit is Texas A&M has already had a game postponed, that being the game with Tennessee. So that pushes that game to December the 12th. So when will Ole Miss and A&M play? Well, that's a good question. In the event that A&M nor Ole Miss, which you can already mathematically remove Ole Miss from conversation, uh, if A&M is not in contention to play in the SEC championship game, there is a real possibility that game could be played December 19th. Same day as the SEC championship game. That's never happened before that we've had games on the same day, but it's a unique situation. Told earlier today that league presidents of the SEC last week gave their blessing for Greg Sankey to be able to kind of tinker with the schedule as he saw fit to ensure we get the games in. Now, what that basically means gives him permission to do the 19th, but also too, let's say for an example, if we had a couple of teams, let's say this weekend, Let's say that Arkansas and Georgia couldn't have played. Well, then Greg Sankey could have played kind of matchmaker there and kind of ensured that we had some games played. You know, last weekend we had four games, eight teams in the SEC that weren't able to play. Some of that from positive COVID tested, but most of it due to contract tracing. And so that's part of the deal. It's better safe than sorry, as much as we don't like it. That is the reality of things. That's the protocol we all signed up for in the beginning. We were happy to have some football, and some football is always better than no football. So the contract tracing protocol remains in place. That is what's kept a lot of guys out over the course of this season. It's not that they have tested positive, but they have been been in contact with somebody who was positive. And so those guys are now coming back. The guys that sat out the Auburn game, I believe it's 12 days. They have to sit, something like that, 12 days, and they have to have negative testing. So the guys that were out for Vanderbilt and Auburn will be available to play this week, provided there is not a, uh, a repeat occurrence. And so as long as those guys have not been in, in contact with an infected person or are injured, they will be able to play. There were some people that wondered if we'd be able to play any games the rest of the season. Uh, that's always a concern. It is. But as far as this week goes, it does appear that Mississippi State is well above the threshold. And maybe well above the threshold is being a little bit generous. 
but we don't foresee any reasons to be able to cancel the game at this point. Now, Georgia has also had some COVID issues that have kind of bubbled up this week, and so there was some concern this morning that perhaps Georgia uh, might not be able to play, but apparently their, uh, their test results have come back, and they are above the threshold with which to play. Uh, I don't know if that evens the game up or not. There is a big talent disparity between Mississippi State and Georgia. However, as good as Mississippi State is on defense and as pedestrian as Georgia has been on offense, I think it could be a competitive game. State's got to play its best game of the year on both sides of the football in order for that to happen. Uh, But, you know, I I wouldn't rule out a competitive game for a while. There is some discussion that JT Daniels should be the starter at Georgia this week. They have – Kind of worked through this thing for a long time. And uh, Daniels, of course, was kind of a late clearance by the NCAA, granted him a waiver. But uh, he's good to go. And so we'll have an opportunity to see him play. Uh, I won't be making the trip to Georgia. Uh, I was, I'd already canceled my room this morning. I was already planning to go. Some things have changed. And I will give you full details on next Monday's show. There's a reason that I'm staying behind in Starkville, and uh, I've kind of teased this thing for a while, and I feel like that I've been such a huge tease with you guys. I apologize, but on Monday I will put out. I will uh, make sure that you guys kind of understand what's been going on and why I've been a little bit secretive about this, but there are some really cool things that are taking place. And on Saturday, uh, my role in all this will kind of be complete, and so I don't want to jinx it. And Also, I didn't want to put anything out there prematurely and then something change or something go wrong uh, and so I've allowed myself to kind of get excited about it. And now it's, uh, it's the week when this is kind of going to come to fruition. And so on Monday, I'll give you all the details that I'm allowed to give you. And then we can kind of look ahead to something really cool happening uh, next year. And uh, one of the things involves maybe updating a book that, you, uh, that I wrote that you guys like an awful lot. And so they're, they're kind of connected uh, in that respect. So we'll get that out of the way, and uh, I'll still be involved in the uh, you know post-game press conference and that sort of stuff on Saturday. We can still do that virtually through Zoom, and we met with Mike Leach earlier today by teleconference, and uh, you know he talked about some of these things, and, and he goes, hey, if we're not playing Georgia, somebody needs to let me know, and some people kind of misconstrued that statement. But I will tell you, earlier today, I did field calls from people on the Auburn beat, as well as uh, some friends connected to Ole Miss. A lot of people were saying, you know what, uh, this could get really squirrely here, and uh, you know Mississippi State could play Ole Miss or Georgia or Auburn. Well, look, you know, then the league sources, we reached out to a couple people and said, hey, at this point there hadn't been any change. There hadn't been this uh, game of musical chairs that some people were anticipating. And, again, that's not to be critical of Keith Carter. I mean, I'm sure, again, Keith is just sharing what he has heard as a possibility. But it appears this weekend that Ole Miss is without a dance partner. Now, could things change later in the week? Yes, but I think we really want to avoid kind of a UCLA-Cal situation, as Mike Leach kind of referenced today. They had about three and a half days' notice they were going to play each other, and that is uh, almost impossible to prepare for. And so you kind of got to get out there and just kind of run a base offense and defense and try to out-athlete people. And UCLA, of course, wins the ball game. But uh, it's interesting, to say the least. It's interesting that uh, we never know from one week to the next. And I had somebody tell me this morning, hey, Steve, kind of go ahead and ignore what's on the schedule uh, because this could potentially be a situation we deal with every single Monday. Every single Monday, there could be the possibility of uh, a game being changed and, uh, you know, kind of some pairings being changed just because we're trying to get the games in. And, you know, if there are teams that are healthy and can play, that don't have a, an opponent and there's another game that gets canceled, then we would probably try to pair those teams up. 
So that is rather interesting. We will figure it out as we kind of move forward. I know that's what uh, you guys have been expecting. And listen, it's naive of us to think that we would go to full season without Mississippi State being impacted. And we already have been. Uh, but, uh, you know, there was some talk about us playing the Egg Bowl this weekend. You know, I'm already a little bit disappointed we're not playing at the end of the year. I know some uh, <laughs> I know some well-sourced uh, people on the Ole Miss side suggested that we were going to play the Egg Bowl the first game of the year. Uh, that was never a possibility. That was never a part of discussions. I mean, that was just only true in their own minds. Uh, but I, I, I like playing that game as part of rivalry week at the end of the year. And this year we're going to have two games uh, after the Egg Bowl. And if, I don't know if you guys recall, but I wrote an article earlier this year in years where Mississippi State did not end the regular season against Ole Miss, Mississippi State has dominated the series. So hopefully history will repeat itself and we can have a good showing next weekend. But as it stands now, we're going to play Georgia this weekend and uh, we'll see how things go. It, listen, if you can't make the trip to Athens, and I know tickets are, are difficult to come by, go by and visit our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. They're more than happy to have you. They'll be able to give you a great quality meal. You can get an adult beverage. You can congregate with other college football fans just kind of enjoy having that experience. You can have a family night. You can have a girls' night. You can have a guys' night. Whatever you'd like to do, turn out. There's two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Uh, go by, check it out. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. I mean, you, you think I'm joking, and then there's so many people that say, hey, you know what, I tried it. Steve, you're exactly right. Get the spring rolls, dip it in that fondue, and uh, it'll make you and everyone around you better looking. We all need more of that. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, Mississippi State's availability. Now, we did practice last week. There were some there were some reports that got out a little bit premature, kind of devoid of facts, that suggested Mississippi State had shut down all football-related activities uh, last week. That That's not true. One of the things that I have learned uh, here in the last uh, week to 10 days is your support staff – doesn't have any interaction with the team. They don't go to practice. They don't hang out out there. They just kind of go to their offices and they do, they do their jobs. And so they're not out there at practice. They don't know what goes on. They're, not, you know, they're trying to limit contact between the, uh, the players, coaches, and other staffers. But everybody tests on Sunday. Everybody does. Everybody tests. And so as a result, you know, here a couple weeks ago, we had some problems. And so I'm not going to mention names because it's really not important. I'm just trying to make sure you guys understand the process and the protocol. Let's say, for an example, you got two roommates, and one guy tests positive, while the other guy is automatically ruled out of competition, whether he tests negative or not, just because of contact tracing. If guys go to a meal, and they're all in the car together, and uh, one of the guys within the group is with them and tests positive, then all those guys are then out. And so you can see what a labyrinth it is uh, for these coaches to kind of figure this thing out. Is you got so many guys out there that are interacting with each other. They're going to study hall together. They're, they're doing things. They're doing the normal college kids do. And no matter how much you put them in a bubble, no matter how much you, uh, you, know, you try to protect them, there is still the possibility that they're going to be in contact with people that are infected with the COVID-19 virus. That is the life in which we live at this point. And so those guys that are in quarantine, that tested negative, not able to participate, not able to practice. You got to keep the rest of the team out of their, uh, you know, influence. Can't have them around each other. 
And so Mike Leach said they practiced with what they had last week. And so you didn't get the full week of practice. And I understand that there's some, uh, there's some protocols in place with the SEC. You're not supposed to gain a competitive advantage. So you're not supposed to get, you know, just how things work. You're not supposed to gain a competitive advantage because you have a game canceled. So Mississippi State practiced, again, not the full week of practice. We did practice some last week. And uh, probably good to get some reps from some of those younger guys uh, when there wasn't a game to be played. It ends up being an, an extra bye week and give us a chance to savor that wonderful victory over Vanderbilt again, right? Uh, but now we're back. We're not at full strength, but we are back. And if you recall last week, the issue with Auburn boiled down to the fact that we only had six scholarship offensive linemen available. I'm told that we are above that threshold with a little room to spare right now. We had some COVID testing, we had some contract tracing, and we had some injuries that put us beneath the threshold. Now we should be good to go. And there were some of those guys that did not play against Vanderbilt that should be able to return to action this week. Uh, Offensive line play has been a real moving target for Mississippi State this year, as you are well aware. But having your regulars back, at least most of your regulars, and especially at the tackle positions, because you recall against Vanderbilt, we essentially played two guards at tackle. Greg Allen has played some at tackle before. Uh, Greg Allen not having a big year this year, but uh, really I think he was is better at home at guard. So if you can slide him back inside, I think it's better for him and the offensive line as a whole. I think he's a guy that kind of struggles to play in space. Big, big physical guy that can kind of get out there and get in the way, but uh, does struggle at times with those edge rushers, especially those guys that come off the edge, uh, you know, a little bit undersized that have speed more as a commodity than girth. But uh, that's kind of where we are with it. You know, so now it appears that uh, we're going to have just about everybody back on the offensive line, so we ought to be able to play a game. Uh, the safety position continues to be something that uh, is kind of a moving construct as well. J.P. Purvis is back. You may recall that he and uh, you know, Demonte Russell both were involved in a very serious car accident earlier this year and uh, have not done much. Russell expected to be back next year. Purvis has played his way back in. Getting him back at this point is almost like signing a free agent. And with Marcus Murphy now opting out, and Mike uh, Leach kind of referenced that too on the the press conference today, not exactly sure what Marcus is going to do, but would be surprised if he declared for the NFL. Now, of course, a lot of that's going to depend on the information that Marcus gets uh, when he asks for his pre-draft feedback. But uh, that's, you know, that's a problem that we'll deal with next year. You know, we we just don't know what he's going to do. Marcus always has... uh, kind of endeared himself to our fans and uh, has had a very difficult 18 months or so. Uh, so we certainly wish him the best. But uh, he's not going to be out there on Saturday when we play Georgia. J.P. Purvis. Now- the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now on the rotation, Sean Preston, of course, you guys recall he was... uh, ejected during the first half of the Vanderbilt game. He has served his penalty, so he will get the uh, the benefit of playing the full four quarters if called upon against the University of Georgia. And then Landon Guidry, a guy that played basically two and a half quarters against Vanderbilt and had nine tackles. Uh, so you feel good about some of these guys, you know, kind of showing up as the year has gone on because I think we're down five safeties now. I believe that's correct. C.J. Morgan out, still kind of working back into good shape. Don't know what he's going to do long term. Uh, Fred Peters lost for the year with surgery. Uh, Dylan Lawrence lost for the year with surgery. Marcus Murphy's now opted out. It seems like there's somebody else maybe forgetting. But uh, that's one personnel group that uh, we had some numbers, did not have a lot of experience. And so we've lost some of what we had, which makes, you know, these opt-outs and that sort of stuff that much more painful. But the defense continues to play well. I mean, and you give Jason Washington and Zach Arnett and Tony Hughes a lot of credit. You know, they're still finding a way to put guys on the field and, and have them make plays. And, and again, if J.P. Purvis is close to 100%. That's big for Mississippi State. Everybody's a little beat up at this time of the year. But J.P. is a guy that's an incredible athlete. We knew that when we signed him, uh, you know, out of Peel Hatchie. Uh, but he was one of those guys, too. A lot of people said, well, you know, I just don't know about him. This guy is a freak of an athlete. Uh, great foot speed. You saw it against Vanderbilt. They threw a bubble screen. He diagnoses the play, sprints to the spot, and then makes a tackle for basically a one-yard gain. It looked like it was about to be a big play there. So getting him back is big. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of monitor the situation, obviously. But uh, I like the fact that you've got some guys back there that are contributing. You know, London, London Craft kind of got victimized against Alabama. But by and large, he has been solid this year. And he was kind of the uh, – you know, kind of the name of uh, discussion when the two deep came out, a lot of people wondered, you know, how, how, what are we doing with a walk-on starting safety? And, uh, you know, Alabama schemed us up and we're able to get Calvin Ridley paired up with a walk-on safety. Uh, but, you know, London Kraft, by and large, has played pretty well. I mean, and the secondary was expected to be, you know, a real adventure for us this year. But, uh, you know, six games in, they've played pretty well. You know, Martin Emerson's holding up his end of the deal. Now that Emmanuel Forbes is starting at the opposite side, it does appear that Bulldog secondary uh, is doing a good job and uh, kind of pushing through this and uh, and making plays. And we wondered about that group, you know, because Cam Dancer declares early for the draft, so he's gone. Tyler Williams opts out. He's gone. And those are two guys who were projected to be, you know, in your starters, even though we kind of expected Cam to move on last year. Uh, you felt like that you had a good situation kind of brewing. And then Jerry and Jones, of course, transfers out. So that personnel group also hit with some attrition. But yet we're still managing to make plays. I mean, other than we had a couple of busts earlier in the year, and I think that's what led to Emmanuel Forbes taking over for Asias Furge, uh, who is still contributing some. But it was interesting to, to kind of note that, uh, you know, that secondary was one of those deals we just looked at and said, you know what, we're so green, we're athletic, we're inexperienced. 
we're going to take some lumps back there, especially against teams that throw the ball a lot. We haven't really struggled with that except for against Alabama. Uh, so we'll see how things progress. Now, about this whole Egg Bowl thing, uh, to be honest with you, I think it would have been devastating for us to have to play Ole Miss this weekend. I really do. You know, short week to prepare. And uh, Ole Miss playing really well. Ole Miss is playing exceptionally well. If you watch the game against South Carolina, you saw Matt Corral playing best football of his career, without a doubt. Uh, South Carolina, of course, uh, fires Will Muschamp uh, yesterday. A bit of a surprise, I guess, in respect the timing. Not that he got fired. Everybody knew that he entered the season on the hot seat. And I thought, you know, there's no way they'll fire anybody. You know, they can afford to fire anybody with uh, with all this COVID shortfall economically within the uh, with athletic departments around the country. I understand what a $13 million payday that he's going to get the buyout. And that's, hey, it's good work if you can get it right. Wouldn't we all love to be fired as college football coaches and get that big golden parachute? Uh, but Muschamp is now gone. And uh, I really thought they had a great game plan, being able to run the football against Ole Miss and, uh, you know, ran it pretty much at will. And so you begin to think, okay, if this is Dan Mullen or Joe Moorhead, we're going to run Ole Miss out of the stadium. Uh, we don't run the football much. We've got to find a way to get the, the ball into the hands of our running backs on the edge. And I think we can use that toss play some to do that. But um, we're going to have to find some new wrinkles. And I think if we had found Ole Miss on the schedule this weekend, uh, we would probably be looking at a sizable defeat, to be honest with you. We've got you know, a couple weeks to get ready, so maybe we can scheme some things up. But now that they have a bye week, it's basically uh, you know two weeks for them to prepare for us. And so uh, it's one of those deals that kind of is what it is. But uh, you can't deny that Ole Miss isn't playing good offensive football. Defensively, they're historically bad. But uh, they're putting some things together on offense that are very, very concerning. You know, looking around the limited schedule we had in the league, you know, Vanderbilt kind of made it interesting against Kentucky, 38-35 there. Kentucky wins the game. You know, Vanderbilt kind of came on late. But I'll be honest with you, I, I think there's some young skill position players at Vanderbilt that uh, you know, kind of give you some hope, you know, if they can figure some things out up there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they felt like they let the game get away against Mississippi State. And uh, you got dug in a big hole early, 14-0. But uh, they were kind of behind in that ball game against Kentucky and kind of came roaring back. So, you know, they're playing hard for Derek Mason, but they lose again. And uh, if there is another coaching change within the league, I think most people expect it to be Derek Mason. Uh, the, other, the only other game was uh, Arkansas and uh, Florida. And uh, Florida really took care of business. Yes, Arkansas scored some points, but uh, it really felt like Florida was in control throughout the ball game, And uh, really expected a bit of a hangover. And Arkansas was kind of in it early. And then the next thing you know, Mullen in Florida hit the gas. Kyle Trask now kind of the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. And a lot of people, you know, when Trevor Lawrence came out a couple of years ago, I bet this guy's going to win multiple Heismans. And here we are halfway through the season, what many expect to be Trevor Lawrence's final season. And it's a kid from Florida, a former backup quarterback uh, at the University of Florida that appears to be leading the Heisman race. Huge day for him. Uh, so that's, that was the weekend schedule. No real surprises, but um, – Again, I think, you know, Ole Miss makes another great statement offensively. You know, for, listen, I get it. South Carolina was down with seven players on defense and then lost a couple throughout the ball game. That's not Ole Miss's fault. You know, they got to go play who's out there on the field. You know, they, they don't, you know, points don't count any less because you're playing your backups. But uh, very impressed with what they're doing with Matt Corral up there. They're scheming people up and kind of getting matchups that are advantageous to Elijah Moore. Uh, so tip of the cap for those guys. And it's going to be interesting to see how Zach Arnett defenses them because nobody really has what we have. And so uh, can we slow them down a little bit? You know, we're good against the run. We make them a little bit one-dimensional. But uh, Matt Corral has kind of proven to be a guy that uh, 
you know, if you put the game in his hands, he's capable of making plays to win the game for you. I mean, of, course, of course, Arkansas gave them a lot of trouble, but uh, they've they've innovated. I mean, it's just, it's the reality. You get. I mean, I don't know how you can sit here and and uh, you know say that Ole Miss isn't playing good offensive football. They're horrendous on defense, absolutely horrendous, and that's going to be their undoing. But uh, whenever people can play a little bit of defense and get some stops, I don't know that Ole Miss can stop anybody. But uh, if you're a Florida Gator fan, you got to feel great today. I mean, you get through Georgia, and then you get through the hangover week, and you kind of look ahead of the schedule, and you begin to think, okay, you know, this could be the breakout year for Dan Mullen. And that's why Dan Mullen went to Florida in the first place. He went to Florida in the first place because the path to Atlanta is easier in the SEC East. And now here he is a couple years into that decision and uh, knocking on the door of Atlanta, controls his own destiny, and already has the biggest hurdle within the division behind him. Uh, So tip of the cap uh, to Dan, and a lot of people – you know, have some uh, negative feelings about Dan because of how he left and uh, the fact that he left at all. But, uh, you know, listen, the guy's coaching a good football team out there and uh, making the most of that opportunity. Georgia not quite where they should be. Then the fact that Georgia and Tennessee don't have elite quarterbacks is one of those things you kind of scratch your head about. Then you look at all the transfers that Georgia's had. You know, that's that's part of the problem when you recruit at the level that they do. When you, when you go out and sign these four- and five-star quarterbacks – they're not afraid of competition, but when they get there and they're not going to win the job, they're like, you know what, I'll, I'll get out of here. I'll just make a move and get out of here and preserve my college eligibility. And Georgia's been hit with some of that. Tennessee, for some reason, just can't recruit a blue-chip quarterback. It's one of those things you look at and say, I remember when Tennessee was a blue blood in college football. It's kind of the curse of Phil Fulmer, I guess. But, uh, you know, ever since Phil Fulmer has been fired up there, they have struggled to kind of find a sense of themselves but it'll be uh, kind of interesting to see what happens uh, with Jeremy Pruitt this year, too. I can't imagine they're going to fire him this year. But uh, that's a team you look at that schedule and you begin to wonder where the wins are going to come from. Where are they going to come from? they still got some very difficult games to play and uh, probably not going to be favored in many down the stretch. But that's the, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the weekend in review and the weekend sort of in preview. And on Wednesday, we'll take a longer look at the University of Georgia. But... Uh, you know, hopefully no news is good news and we can get through this week with only having the old Miss A&M game uh, postponed. It's time for the next top 10 list uh, sponsored by your friends at my bookie. Many of you understand what a weird year it's been. Uh, if you don't, you had not been paying attention. You know, we've had uh, sports on arrest. We've had sports pause. We've had sports played in bubbles. You know, the, you know, the NBA bubble was a thing. UFC had the fight island, which is kind of cool. Uh, college football still kind of playing musical chairs. It's been a year like any other. So you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. So get some skin in the game with our friends at MyBookie where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets all exist. They await you all season long. With Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. It's going to be a full day. You're going to get to see the Pittsburgh Steelers, the premier professional franchise in all of professional sport, uh, play that evening. Big ball game there. Uh, whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests they offer each and every week. Sign up or, or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, my bookie, the doors are always open. You don't have to worry about getting COVID there either. You don't have to worry about social distancing because you can gamble right there from your own living room. So make the right play. Sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use promo code Boneyard. That gets your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. Terms are simple. You put 200 bucks in, 
Uh, they'll match you with 100 bucks in your account, so you're already playing with a little bit of house money. It's winning season in my bookie, so come join the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Boneyard is your promo code at my bookie. All right, so I had some people ask me about this one a while back. I told you I lost my list. I'm having to do this stuff from memory. Right, so I can't remember who requested this, but I had a couple people mention this. And I think sometimes you guys try to trip me up. You throw some stuff at me and you say, there's no way he'll know this stuff. But you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's Hall and Oates. We're doing Hall and Oates. The 80s top 40 icons, Hall and Oates. A little blue-eyed soul for you on a whole Monday evening. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Uh, I had, let me think for a second here. I had... Uh, I had the Private Eyes LP, I had the H2O LP, and then I had, uh, I guess, the Greatest Hits LP. But uh, I was a Hall & Oates fan. I also had the Big Bam Boom on cassette. So I am coming to you from a place of knowledge and experience. Here are the honorable mentions for the top ten list today. Did it in a minute, which I believe was the number one hit for them. Say it isn't so, one-on-one, I can't go for that, no, no, no can do. And then uh, You Make My Dreams Come True. Those are your honorable mentions. And those are great songs. Those were chart-topping songs for the most part. So you got to know that our top ten list, even better. Even better. Number ten, off the Big Bam Boom soundtrack, they had a really cool intro on this album for this song. It's Out of Touch. You're Out of Touch. I'm Out of Touch. Good tune. Check it out. Number nine, Adult Education, only available on that Greatest Hits CD. Uh, now it's available on iTunes. But back in those days, you actually had to buy records or buy albums to get those songs. They weren't released as a 45. You know, like nowadays, you can kind of get a single serving dose of your favorite artist or band. But back in those days, we had to make a real commitment. Number eight, this is one of those deals too, man, that, uh, and everybody has sung this song and you've thought it to yourself and maybe it was too cheesy to say it, but it's Kiss on My List. It's Kiss on My List. It's one of the best things in life, is your kiss, is on my list. Number seven, whoa, here she comes. She's a man-eater. That was a great tune. Everybody loved it. It was very, very popular. And there was a time when you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that song. I mean, it was everywhere. Number six, probably a bit of an upset that this is in my top ten, but I really dig this song. It's the method of modern love. Number five, for a while there, this is my favorite Hall & Oates song. And I had the album. The video was incredible. I I, I think I saw him play this on Solid Gold one night. How about that? You didn't expect to get up today and say, you know what, Steve's going to talk about Solid Gold on the show. But but I did. But it's private eyes. They're watching you. They see your every move. Number four, and these last four, to me, I think are the premier Hall & Oates songs. That's why they're in my top four. Number four is one that came out when I was in high school, and it was after John Oates and Daryl Hall had kind of done some solo stuff, and they'd kind of reunited, but this one was such a huge hit, but it's uh, so close, so close, so far away. Uh, I love that song. It is a beautiful love song, and, um, you know, I think it's Daryl Hall at his vocal best. Number three... Speaking of Daryl Hall's incredible vocals, it's uh, Sarah Smile. That was a huge hit for them. And, you know, I had read one time that uh, there was a time they weren't even sure if they wanted to record that song. Just didn't know that it fit. One of the greatest songs they ever wrote. Number two, 
Rich Girl. Rich Girl, great tune. Not really a ballad. Kind of starts that way. You've gone too far, but it doesn't matter anyway. But number one for me, this goes back several years. This is what this is an iconic song, and the harmonies on this are great. But it's "She's Gone," oh I, oh I, I got to learn how to face "She's Gone." So that's number one. I I love Holland Oates. I do. And uh, matter of fact, when uh, my kids were much younger, I turned them on to the Holland Oates uh, Greatest Hits album. And so we would take family trips and we put that CD on. And then uh, we, when Private Eyes came on, everybody would clap along with the song. And so even to this day, they appreciate the fact that they know some Hall & Oates. Uh, you should, too. Turn your kids on to it. Good, awesome, safe music. Daryl Hall and John Oates, a little blue-eyed soul for you on Monday. All right, listen. Let's talk about Manscaped here for a minute. Manscaped is doing their part to make sure that you're safe. Okay, the last thing you want to do when you do some male grooming is, is, is have an accident. That's just, you know, you don't, that's the last place you want to have an accident. So use the new Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you close shave uh, in your most intimate areas. The Weed Whacker Ear, Nose, and Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so sick and tired of having to deal with this sort of stuff anyway. And so it's nice to have something to kind of combat that. The performance package also includes a crop reserver, and that's a deodorant for your most intimate areas. It also protects against chafing. Also, the crop reviver uh, will give you know, keep your boys fresh. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The crop mop wipes are just for you. You can freshen up with those. You got smelly feet, and many of you do, and your friends are scared to tell you. I'm telling you now, you got the stank foot. Well, you can get the foot duster. Foot deodorant made to fight odors for even the dirtiest of feet. And, you know, we walk around barefooted here in the South a lot, too. So uh, it's probably good to keep yourself fresh. You want to smell good everywhere, good, because the refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in a shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. What a gift. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BONEYARD at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be sporting more time inside than ever. Might as well keep yourself looking beautiful. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping by using promo code BONEYARD at manscaped.com. What a great, great deal. A lot of times you get a discount. A lot of times you get free shipping. With Manscaped, you get them both. All right, let's talk a little recruiting here. I know that uh, many of you kind of follow recruiting peripherally. And so let me. I'm going to kind of give you an update because the, the thing that everybody worries about when we begin to kind of struggle a little bit on the football field, you know, we, you know, we lose some ball games, we lose some momentum, and people think, you know, it translates over to the recruiting trail. And so – there was some word earlier this week that uh, LSU has begun to make Malik Neighbors more of a priority. Now, I'm going to speak down in a language that I think everybody can understand. And that is the fact that we are never going to beat LSU for a Louisiana kid that they really want. It's not going to happen. That, that is a reality of life. Everybody in that state is crazy about the LSU Tigers. That's all the kids ever see. I mean, it's not like UL Lafayette or UL Monroe or anybody is out there making waves and competing to get kids. There's nobody to hold LSU accountable. They get who they want. 
and they've got a state of fanatical fans that kind of help carry the message. And so Malik Neighbors, if LSU continues to make him a priority, will probably be an LSU Tiger. Now, if that means he's a corner, I don't know. But I know that he's been committed to Mississippi State, and I know that he has had some second thoughts. I know that for a fact. I'm not speculating on that. He has had some second thoughts. Now, if we can survive this wave, I think he sticks. But it is one of those deals where LSU has kind of turned it up. And you know how great a recruiter at Orgeron is. And, you know, and maybe the news of the day with all the stuff getting out with USA Today and about all this uh, you know, sexual misconduct at LSU and how the administration didn't handle that stuff properly – you know, maybe that makes an impact. And, and, and what's shameful about all that is that, uh, you know, many of those guys are football players, some of them star football players. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But, uh, you know, maybe perhaps there is some unrest there. There's some concern perhaps that Orzeron may not survive. Uh, I, I, I seen somebody share with me earlier, they said, uh, is Ed Orzeron the next Gene Chizik? You know, Chizik wins a NFL championship two, year later, two years later, he's done. I think Ed Orzeron's on a similar path. And I think incidents like this, uh, only probably hasten that departure. LSU people are, are incredibly, incredibly driven. They're not going to be patient. They're not gonna, they don't care about a rebuild. They don't care about the fact that you turned your staff over. They care about the fact that you overpaid for Bo Pelini and you've come out here and you've put a crappy defense on the field. So that's something to kind of consider too. And so Malik Neighbors, again, still committed to Mississippi State, but LSU has kind of ratcheted up things a little bit. There has been a rumor in the wind you know, for the better part of a year, that Brandon Buckhalter was going to flip to Ole Miss. There are a lot of people that are closely affiliated with him that have pushed Ole Miss. But to date, here we are on November 16th, they've not been able to get him to flip. Will that continue? We'll see. Now, he's saying all the right things. He is uh, closely, closely affiliated with MJ Daniels, who's committed to Mississippi State. And the two of them have talked about playing together. So, We'll see how things go, but it is something that I continue to watch and monitor because I know that he is a recruit of interest for Ole Miss. I know that he is a priority to them, and when you look at how well they're playing offensively, I can see why that would be a much easier sell. Now, we could go, go out there and say, you know what? Uh, we're going we're gonna to probably play some freshmen next year because we need them, and if you're good enough, you're going to play as a freshman. But when you look at what State's done offensively compared to what Ole Miss has done offensively, it's kind of like it was a couple of years ago when A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and those guys went to Ole Miss. We couldn't even argue against it because of the fact that uh, they were a lot more wide receiver friendly than we were. We were struggling uh, to get the ball out to the wide receivers, and so they were doing a good job. And so I, I don't want to see history repeat itself. And, again, I think if we're patient here with Mike Leach, uh, he'll definitely get this offense installed and kind of get things going. And I understand there is a lot of skepticism out there, and rightfully so. But that is what we're going to have to deal with this recruiting cycle. It's like, you know what? Hey, our offense is rolling, and their offense is still kind of figuring out. You know, so, you know, what, where do we kind of go from here? Those are a lot of things that we're talking about. Everybody likes to flip and that sort of stuff. But uh, those are the two most likely flip candidates. Now, State has flipped some guys – this direction, that's the thing that a lot of state fans say, well, we never flip anybody. Well, we do. We do flip some people. We flipped uh, Deshaun Page from Texas Tech uh, to here. Uh, that was a big flip we had earlier this year. But, uh, you know, just about every year we flip somebody. You know, yeah, we flipped Brennan Tolles from Louisiana Tech. Uh, but, yeah, we go out and get some kids got too. But um, it's important to kind of understand this year is a year unlike any other. You know, they're not going to have the opportunity – 
to wine and dine kids, take them out for a steak dinner, let them dance with a pretty girl, uh, if need be, give them some unauthorized gifts. You know, it's, it's so much more difficult to do that because you're not getting them to town. You know, used to that all those guys would come up there and spend a weekend or whatever, whether it be official visit or unofficial, and then people get involved. And that's in, in every college town in America. And so it's a lot more difficult to do that this year because of the dead period. And, and let's, let's be honest, you know, parents aren't quite as willing to let their guys go travel. You can't be on campus. You can't interact with the coaches anyway. And so now, you know, you're having these parties out there, but uh, they're, they're not on the university dime. And so it's just a little more difficult to pull that stuff off. That's not to say there's not going to be malfeasance in recruiting. There absolutely will be. But it's not going to be as widespread as it has been. It's because the opportunities to do so uh, have been somewhat diminished due to the dead period. And we discussed this on the show last week, you know, with them extending the dead period now to March. And I continue to hear that it's probably going to run through the entire academic year, uh, which really puts, uh, you know, a hindrance on junior days. Now you're not going to have a chance to have junior days and get guys on the campus. So I think that even slows the recruiting process down even more for next year. But if you can't have face-to-face in-home visits, you can't have on-campus visits, you can't have any interaction uh, with coaching staff members face-to-face, it makes it that much more difficult to flip guys. I mean, it really is. I mean, I mean, how, what can you do that you haven't already done on a Zoom call? Well, we can show them the facilities. We can take them over, let them see the dorm. We can walk across campus. Well, we've already done all that stuff before. It's just a different dynamic this year. And so I, I don't think we're going to see quite as many of those big flips that we've seen in years past. Number one, there's a lot more kids committed these days, but I do think you're going to see some G5 guys go just because they're going to get power five opportunities because there are schools that have struck out with other, pro- other players and so they've still got leads to fill. But by and large, I feel good about the class. I feel good about the class sticking with us. Uh, I feel good about the quality of the players that we're recruiting. I don't think it's going to be a great class. I do think it is going to be a good class. I do think it has an opportunity to, uh, to leak into the top 25. If we can be top 30 this year, all of the hurdles that we face, that's probably the best we can hope for. But uh, I think you guys should prepare for a good class, and I think it's something to build from kind of moving forward. And when you think about the fact that our young guys are producing now, you begin you know, to stack some of those classes together, you kind of feel good about the Bulldog future. Let's talk Campus Bookmart. You're familiar with them. Many of you weren't familiar with them until the show started. I have been told by Miss Kathy Brown, who is one of the best buyers you'll ever imagine, that really the best form of advertising they've had has been the Boneyard Show. So you guys are supporting them, and let me thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing so. You're not just doing me a favor. You're doing yourself a favor by frequenting one of Mississippi State's longest-running businesses. They have been around. They are an institution. They are a Starkvillian institution. They are worthy of your business. Visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, use promo code BSR, and you'll get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR, to get free shipping. All Mississippi State merchandise that you have ever wanted can be purchased through Campus Bookmart. All right, let's talk a little bit about the basketball schedule uh, news came out late this evening, Mississippi State going to cap attendance at 25%. Now, Vanderbilt's not going to have any. 
NCAA tournament, not going to have any. They're going to play in a bubble. Mississippi State going to do 25%. Face coverings will be required. Now, as you guys know, football, you wear your face covering as you move about the venue, but in your seat, you can remove your, your face covering. That's not the case in basketball because we're going to be indoors. And again, 25%. And the Bulldog Club, they're going to work through this just as they did with football. They're going to contact you, give you your, your options. And uh, then we'll kind of see how things progress from there. Guys, we're about 10 days away. About 10 days away from uh, the opening of basketball season. So let's kind of go ahead and look at the schedule here for both the men and the women. And uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of move on to some of the things. But I know many of you are really excited about the women, and you should be. The women's basketball team, you know, preseason top 10 kind of consensus, uh, you know, kind of around the, the uh, you know, around the country. A lot of people believe in this team. Uh, Nikki and her staff done a great job. It, it's going to be about how quickly these ladies can acclimate. But let's go ahead and run the uh, – <laughs> The non-conference schedule, not especially challenging, and I think that's okay. We're going to open up with Maine on November 28th uh, out in, Mo- in, the, in Mohegan Sun Arena up in Connecticut. And then we'll play either UConn or Quinnipiac. And that's fun to say in that, Quinnipiac. I suspect if we win against Maine, and we should, we will play UConn. Uh, a huge matchup early in the year to kind of see where we are. Then we get UNO in Starkville. Then we go to South Florida. We get Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, and that's an opportunity for you guys to turn out and kind of show some Bulldog muscle down there. We get Troy in Starkville, Southern in in Starkville, Central Arkansas in Starkville, and then we get into SEC play. There's no reason to think that we shouldn't get through the non-conference schedule with a great record. Not sure what to expect against UConn, but uh, I do think we've got – the personnel to kind of match up with them and play. We're going to open up conference play on the road at Georgia, come home and play Vandy. We're at Florida, home against Ole Miss, home against Alabama, at Texas A&M, which will be big, and then we get Kentucky and Starkville, which is wonderful. Now, you guys know they're they're going through a coaching change there at Kentucky. One of our own up there, Coach Mitchell, uh, moving on with some uh, pretty serious health concerns there. We get South Carolina here, which is huge, absolutely huge, to get the Lady Gamecocks here. That game could ultimately decide the SEC champion regular season-wise. Then we go to Vanderbilt. We host Tennessee. They'll be good again this year. Then we're at Arkansas. That's a program that's kind of on the rise. That'll be a tougher game than usual. We get Ole Miss and Oxford. Come back home for Auburn. We travel to Tuscaloosa, travel to LSU, and then finish out the regular season with Missouri with the SEC tournament being played in Greenville, South Carolina on uh, March 3rd through the 7th. Now go ahead and get ready that that uh, SEC tournament is likely going to be in Greenville for the foreseeable future, like we do baseball and Hoover and that sort of stuff. It's, it just seems like that that, that appears to be uh, the postseason hub for women's basketball for the SEC. Everybody all, always complains, and so, you know, South Carolina essentially gets a home game. You know, with, with limitations on crowds this year, it uh, might be a little different. Might be a little different. Now, the men's side, you know, they're going to get underway a little quicker. They're going to play – uh, against Clemson down in Melbourne, Florida, on November 25th. That is a week from this coming Wednesday. And then we will play Liberty or Purdue. That's a rematch. If we play Liberty again, a rematch of our NCAA tournament game a couple years ago, a game that we blew. And then we get Texas State at home, North Texas at home, Jackson State at home. We travel to play Dayton in the Holiday Hoops Giving event there in Atlanta, Georgia. 
and then we come back to play Central Arkansas at home, Utah State, down in Panama City, and then we get into conference play. We're on the road at Georgia to start, and uh, that's going to be a better team. We get Kentucky and Starkville. That should be a great atmosphere. Missouri and Starkville. Vanderbilt on the road in Nashville. We get A&M, and then we go uh, get Florida back-to-back. We got a nice little homestand there, A&M, Florida, and Ole Miss. Then we go to Tuscaloosa, and then uh, Tennessee and Knoxville. Eager to see what kind of team they're going to put on the floor this year. State's going to be in the SEC Big 12 Challenge this year. They'll play Iowa State here in Starkville. Should be a good ball game. Then we're going to be at Arkansas, at South Carolina, home against LSU, home against Vanderbilt, uh, at Auburn, on the road at Oxford, home against South Carolina, home against Alabama, and close out the regular season slate at Texas A&M. Now, so what should we expect? What's reasonable? I know that uh, there were some people have already kind of put out there, you know, states expected to contend uh, on the women's side, the men's side, in transition. Going to be a very interesting year. We're going to be very young. We'll be very inexperienced for the most part, especially on the bench on the men's side. It is a work in progress, but I do believe that we have some very talented young players that will elevate this program moving forward. What does that mean for Ben Howland this year? So I I don't know that Mississippi State can put a winning conference record together this year. I do think if we are competitive and we are entertaining that uh, Ben Howland will return. There was some discussion last year. I mean, I really believe if we didn't make the tournament last year, John Cohen would have had a decision to make. Uh, the buyout comes down considerably this year, but uh, considering some of the things that we're used to uh, with men's basketball, our fans are not quite as demanding. And I hate to make the obvious comment here. We talk about limiting the crowds to 25%. Uh, to be fair, that's not different from what we've had most nights for men's basketball. We have a great turnout for the women, not so much for the men. And so the men ought to be used to playing in uh, arenas that are left and filled. And so that's going to be perhaps something that kind of erases some home home court advantage for both the men and the women, uh, no matter where we travel. It's because of the fact that I think we're going to be able to play at a high level and uh, on the women's side especially and get up and down the floor. But I think the men kind of benefit from the fact that uh, when you do go into some of those arenas that uh, where you feel like the ground is going to open up and swallow you whole – that's going to be somewhat diminished this year by the, um, you know, by the attendance limitations. Now, it's going to be a little different for everybody. It's not a set policy across the board, but we're going to have an opportunity to get out and go play some basketball games this year, and we'll see how things go. Uh, I'm eager to see what this team can do. I'm eager to see uh, what the men can do. I have a lot of confidence in the women. On the women's side, we can shoot the basketball really well and play some defense, and we're going to be very strong in the post, of course, uh, Sydney Cooks uh, transferred, did a great job. A lot of people said last year that she's kind of the missing piece for us. Eager to see what she can do this year. I mean, on the men's side, you know you know what you've got with Iverson, Molinar, Devion Smith, of course, coming in. So young and talented on the women's uh, on the men's side and then experienced and talented on the women's side and old wins in this league and every sport. You know, this is a team, too, that uh, on the women's side, it's used to winning and used to competing for championships. And so there is an expectation, there is a culture there that uh, they expect to win every time they go out. And, again, I think this women's team is going to be very fun to watch. Rakia Jackson, I think we all know what she's capable of. And so it's going to be interesting to see 
what she can do this year, I really think with more options on the floor to score around her, I don't think she has to kind of carry the load this year. I think we're going to be able to get more offensive play in the paint, which will be a big difference for us uh, over last year. But uh, people forget we were really good last year too. We were a great team last year. Uh, even though we, uh, you know, we were in contention for the SEC championship for a while, but um, South Carolina simply uh, probably the best team in the country last year. But uh, we were going to host the first two rounds of the tournament. We felt like we were certainly a Sweet 16 team. And then the uh, NCAA tournament was canceled, so we didn't get a chance to go prove that. But uh, Mississippi State was, was hosting yet again. I think we'll host again this year. Now, what the NCAA tournament people will do, uh, will kind of remains to be seen, but uh, I, I suspect that there will probably be some limitations or probably some prohibitions on attendance for NCAA tournament games. I know there are some of you that have considered moving to Starkville. Well, we want you to come up here. We don't want this just to be your home away from home. We'd love for it to be your home. If you're looking to move to Starkville or move within the city of Starkville, let me encourage you to give our friends at Portico a try. Portico, a brand-new residence development off uh, Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership. You're very familiar with that. You probably see it every time you come to town. It's just going to be just over a mile from campus. So if you're if you're if you're a Bulldog fan, if you listen to the show, chances are you are. You're going to have an opportunity uh, to own some property within a mile of campus. So you don't have to fight through all that traffic on I-12 on Highway 12. Excuse me. Uh, very easy access to 82 and 25. So when you're looking to get home or get out of town, it's going to be a lot easier to do so. Going to be 51 houses total in the development, 18 houses already nearing move-in condition, 33 houses in the second phase. That'll begin after the turn of the year. Houses are going to range in size from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet and from two-bedroom to two-bath up to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail, pavilion area. Brooks Bryan, one of their developers, you guys know Brooks well. Brooks, uh, a diamond dog. Brooks part of uh, a very special run at Mississippi State, went to Omaha back-to-back years, and Brooks was responsible for robbing a home run against the University of Washington to send us to Omaha. When you speak to Brooks about Portico, you can speak to him about Diamond Dog Baseball. He's eager to talk to you about it. That phone number is 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Give Portico an opportunity to be your new home, whether it be an investment property or maybe a weekend getaway or just your primary residence, Portico, a lot of options for you there. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some book stuff. I know that uh, many of you have kind of kept up. Uh, Alpha Dog still on the Mississippi bestsellers list. Thank you very much for that. Uh, It's one of those things that uh, I never take for granted. You guys have been so gracious to me, and and I love you for it. I really do. Uh, When I first started writing these books, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure how it would all be embraced. You know, you got the Mississippi State guy living in Starkville writing about Mississippi State, and you think, oh, what's well, kind of a niche book. But uh, it's been wonderful. And I've had so many people that have contacted me and told me that Alpha Dog's the best thing that I've read. If you're looking to get out and go to a book signing, I'm back on the road this week. I will be in Columbus, Mississippi on Tuesday from 11 to 1.30 at the Grapevine. That's the Grapevine in Columbus, 11 to 1.30 on Tuesday. Thursday, we're going to double dip. We're going to be at the Y'all Lifestyle Store. That's Bo Bounds Place in Ridgewood. That's in the township from 11 to 1.30. That's this Thursday, 11 to 1.30 at the Y'all Lifestyle Store. And then later that day from 2.30 to 5-ish, we're going to be at Persnickety Gifts in Madison. So if you are in the Jackson or Madison, Mississippi area, 
you're going to have two chances. Come out for your lunch break at the Y'all Lifestyle store. Both tell him that uh, he's going to have some food there, too. And then Persnickety had never been there before. It's a new vendor for us. Looking forward to getting down there and uh, connecting with all of you. So come out, say hello, come be a part of all of that. And uh, this weekend, again, I'm not doing anything this weekend. I had initially planned to travel to Georgia. I have never covered a game at the University of Georgia in any sport. And so I was looking forward to going. And when they announced them on the schedule, I said, you know what? I'll get to go this time and kind of mark that off my SEC bucket list. When we played there back a couple years ago, I had a decision to make. I was coaching youth soccer at the time, and uh, it was the first weekend of the season. It was the Jamboree, and I just didn't feel right about going. And I was rewarded by staying because my son, my youngest, scored the game-winning goal for us to win, and I would not trade that memory for anything. And, of course, we go up there and lose in Georgia in embarrassing fashion. There are a lot of people that were thinking that we were the best team in the SEC, not named Alabama, and Georgia responded and said, no, we are. And so we didn't do well. And so the fact that I'm not going to Georgia this weekend, I think, says how important Saturday is for me. Again, I canceled the trip. Uh, ready to sit down and kind of work some things out. But uh, there are some cool things that are happening. And uh, one of the reasons that I, I have not been more forthcoming with you guys about this is because of the fact that uh, I don't know what I can and can't say just yet. And so, but I can tell you that uh, a lot of this revolves around flim flam and some of the things that i experienced with with all of that there are a lot of people involved in this there's a lot of moving parts to this it is going to be something that uh i think that you guys are going to be very proud of and i look forward to kind of seeing you know what happens in the end and uh this is kind of one step and perhaps a bigger process so i feel it's important that i need to be here rather than asking these folks to reschedule uh, they were initially planned to be here on friday and some things came up, and so we had to move to Saturday. And uh, I just, you know, I just didn't feel that it was right for me to say, you know what, I can't be there, and uh, not when I can just do a lot of stuff virtually. And Dave Murray will go cover for us at Athens, Georgia, uh, which is, I hear, the best SEC town. And so I'm eager uh, to get over there and check it out. I know there are some great uh, music history in Athens. I know some of you are REM fans. I am not, but I respect the fact that they have uh, – you know, had a career that has had some longevity and they were you know, an Athens-based band. So a lot of history there and I hate that I'm going to miss it and at some point I'll get over there maybe to watch the Diamond Dogs play. But uh, there are only three SEC football stadiums that I have not covered the Bulldogs playing in at South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia. And so I'm eager to kind of get those scratched off the list. I don't know when I'll get another chance to go to Athens. I hope I live long enough to go and kind of complete the, uh, the Dixieland Delight Tour eager to get out there and make those things happen but uh, you know sometimes we have to make adult decisions and so uh, I am excited the fact that we're going to play football this week I asked Mike Leach about that at the first com- the first question of press conference are you playing a game this weekend and who is it against and uh, I said yeah we are playing and it's going to be Georgia if it's not Georgia you guys let me know and some people kind of took that with some ambiguity thought well maybe we it might change guys it's not changing and uh, you know I've talked to some other people pretty close to the situation you know, about some of the comments that came out today, you know, I, I don't I don't think, the, you know, the SEC likes people speaking on their behalf until they've had a chance to kind of get things together. And so, again, I, do, I don't fault Keith Carter for saying what he's heard, but I think it's one of those deals when there's so many moving pieces to this, you're not speaking in an echo chamber. You know, it's like when you say these things, they explode especially in the Southeastern Conference. When you put out there that something may change and hey, Mississippi State may not play Georgia this week, 
And, uh, you know, Georgia's a team that, um, you know, has a huge fan base. And so now all of a sudden Georgia fans are thinking, wait, so we're not playing this weekend? Mississippi State's not coming? What's going on? I even got calls from people over at Auburn saying, hey, you know, we understand that Georgia's not going to be available to play and that we, we need to get prepared that we might be going to Mississippi State. And so, again, an eventful day. But in the end, it ends up being much ado about nothing. Mississippi State, again, expected to play against the University of Georgia. So the only way that State doesn't play Georgia is if they have an outbreak on campus midweek. If they have an outbreak within their football team and all of a sudden they get a bunch of positive tests and then can't meet the threshold. But, uh, but I, I am told at this point they're, they're in playing shape and ready to go. So, so we'll see how things progress. But I think you can rest assured tonight that we're going to play the University of Georgia on Saturday. So if you have tickets, if you already made arrangements, you should be able to kind of follow through uh, with all of that. And then, of course, we'll be on the road at Oxford next weekend. That'll be awfully interesting. Uh, Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. I know that, uh, listen, I, I love Thanksgiving, and uh, I love playing the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, but that makes it a work day for me. And so I haven't had a chance to really celebrate with my family. I, matter of fact, I, I rarely see my brother, but we're going to have everybody come here this year for Thanksgiving. And it'll be nice to be able to do that and enjoy some NFL football and then play Ole Miss uh, on Saturday. I know some people say, what's well, tradition? Well, we really haven't played Ole Miss that many times on th- on Thanksgiving. Uh, we've had some memorable games there, but uh, for the last couple of years, you know, we've been there on Thanksgiving. I know some people in the Mississippi State Administration love the fact that we do get a national audience. And when we're winning, I'm very happy to have that. You know, when we beat them 55-20 in a bad year a couple of years ago, pretty happy to have that win. Uh, and, and happy that our folks got a chance to celebrate in front of a national audience. But uh, we're not playing well right now, and so I'm kind of glad the game's not on Thanksgiving. We've got to find a way to win that ball game. And, uh, you know, m- maybe it helps us with them not playing this week, and who knows. But uh, it does give them, give them some advanced scouting and an opportunity to, uh, to focus solely on us because they were going to spend the week talking about Texas A&M. And as you hear this, I'm sure that they're Ole Miss quality control analysts kind of pouring over our film to try to find a way to, to attack the Zach Arnett defense. So I'm eager to see how Zach kind of matches up with, uh, with Labby and Lane Kiffin, and uh, we'll see how things kind of go from there. But uh, before we get there, we're going to be at the University of Georgia. So that's the show. Sorry that it's so late, but uh, we'll be back on schedule on Wednesday. It has, uh, it's, been, it's been one of those days where it just seems like all day long some weird things were going on and in the end nothing really weird happened you know in the end it ended up being something that um you know it's exactly what we expect it to be in the in the end and so uh, make your plans get ready to go and uh, if you're looking to buy books go to alphadogstobook.com and every mississippi state fan on your list it reads books whether they do or they don't would love to have those you can get stark villains flim flam and alpha dogs at alphadogstobook.com and you get Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. And if you live in the area, you can get those in your school colors, which makes them dress code approved for the schools that have them. And so look forward to you guys doing that again at StarkVillains.com. See you guys on Wednesday. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.